defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull! You came back to die with your shit there. <laughs> on the first viewing, I was very intrigued. And then after I finished, I was like, man, you know, there's a lot to think about. There's a lot to digest. I do need to watch it again. I'm glad I got a chance to do so. Yeah. It's hard to notice the first on the first viewing because the, the drama of Tila and Adam is so strong. Hello and welcome to Max and Jason Watch a Movie. I'm Jason. And I'm Max. And today we will be covering the final episode in part one of masters of the universe revelation uh the title of the episode is called the forge at the forest of forever is that right did i get that right you better have the forge at the forest of forever i did in fact get it right a familiar figure warns tila and the others that there may be no escape from paternia robota risks his mechanical body to reforge the sword of power oh i had robato i forgot about him too well it's funny, I could never forget about Roboto because anytime I said the name, I would have a little stanza of the song Mr. Roboto that played in my head. Sidebar. The song Mr. Roboto was written uh, by Dennis DeYoung, uh, the band Sticks, released on the album Kirby Was Here in the year 1983. It was a popular 45 single and a popular hit. It's responsible for the catchphrase, Domarigato, Mr. Roboto. And it's stuck in my head, like it's stuck in the head of pop culture. And so ended the sidebar. When I heard it, so I can never ever forget about Roboto. Mr. Roboto. Anyway, that's probably not right, but uh, you, you... No, that's right. You, you, you just nailed it. <laughs> No, that's right. The, you, yep. you just nailed it. No, that's right. The, you, yep. you just nailed it. From the last episode, we have made it out of Subternia. We are now in Paternia. And what we open on is a kind of a touching vignette of Adam, Prince Adam. This is the character from the introduction, the familiar figure, who's at Paternia, which is the Elysian Fields, basically, yes. for the masters of the universe uh, mythology of, of, I guess, life after death, right? But we see them. It's, it's a real place, it seems like, but it's also some kind of metaphysical place. I'll have you say more about what you think of this in a second. Jason is our resident religious expert, I think. Anyway, back to the scene. The scene is Adam kind of finishing up an uh, uh, engraving on a stone, an O with some with some intricate patterning within the O for Orko. And he says something nice. You were a loyal friend. Tila says you were courageous. And Evil Lynn joins them at Orko's grave. And she says you were a fool. But she's but 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 says it in a voice where she's full of regret. Absolutely, absolutely. It's 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 not. I, it's not a it's not an insult really coming it's it's her kind of putting up a shield a little bit for herself but but it is it is evil lens you are a fool is a really is as sad as the other two delivery yes, no doubt as they walk away at prince adam from walk away from the burial monument prince adam says can you make it more like his home and Praternia basically creates a little trollin garden and i want to talk about this a little bit moss man only appeared this moss man is the one who does this he's the sort of this elemental 
figure in Paternia and Eternia. I mean, like, he seems like this ancient figure. I don't even know if he's really dead. I'll, I'll ask you about this in a minute. He's a, he's, he's a strange character because it seems like he can exist, and I don't know if this is right, across the realms, Subternia, Paternia, and Eternia itself. But He-Man seems, to, Prince Adam, rather, seems to ask the forest to more Trollin, this, this little monument area, and it creates a Trollin garden. What I was going to say, though, was Mossman only appeared in two episodes of the Filmation show, and none of them really had anything to do with Orko. But in the in the 2002 series, Mossman's first appearance is in an episode called Orko's Garden. Oh, okay. And again, for fans of the show, Jason has talked about how this, this show basically reboots every single iteration of He-Man or in the Master right. of the Universe. And here's a nice little nod that, unless you're a really big fan of He-Man, will go right over your head. But this is Orko's Garden makes its appearance here in this in this series. Also in the Mike Young series, unlike in the Filmation series, Mossman is almost as powerful, if not more powerful than He-Man. I mean, he can control basically the biota, the plant life of the planet. He can blend into any forest. He can almost become, in, he becomes invisible in a forest. What did you find interesting about this scene or about anything that I've just said, if anything? <laughs> Actually, I didn't think anything of it the first time I watched it. And I watched it again, and it actually raised a question. I, I First of all, it's a very touching moment, you know, because Orko is gone. Adam gets a chance to 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 grieve about his loss. And it's really the first thing he and Tila do together in their, in their reunion. But this time, the first thing that occurred to me was, hmm, Orko died a hero. And yet, he does not get to live on in Praternia. He actually is buried in, Pratern- in Praternia. Yeah. So in the um, Eternian metaphysical reality as you were saying I guess that I um, and I guess you're expecting this of me you know my my forays into the uh, the deserts of Cairo was not enough uh, that I have to you know to kind of come up with uh, some explanation for this I find it very interesting that even though he died a hero clearly I don't think anybody would deny it that Orko dies he does not live on in these in Paternia if it's like the Elysian fields if you uh, or Valhalla if you die a hero you live eternally yeah orko doesn't get to do that well it's so 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 yeah so what we're seeing here is maybe we'll learn a little bit more in depth that there seems to be like at least three tracks for, for after death one is you're bound to subternia and maybe not a great existence maybe not a bad one either maybe because there seems to be some purgatorial elements of subternia where people can learn lessons right. about themselves and about their choices maybe and, and maybe emerge to go on to to Praternia or come back to Eternia. There, there is some permeability between Subternia, mm-hmm. Praternia, and Eternia. You can get out, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah. From those two tracks, you can't get out, I don't think, the way Orko has died. So what, what seems to me to be the case is that like some people go to Subternia, some people who have lived lives of heroism go to Praternia, and then there's everyone else who dies and gets put in the dirt. Yeah, and That's they move on to something else. And so... Here's what I'm going to suggest to you. There's purgatory, which I think maybe is what we what we can see about Subternia. There's some yeah. darkness there, and it can lead you further down into darkness. Then there's basically a kind of heaven of sorts. And then there's the middle way, which I'll call the George Carlin way. And I'll do that for a specific reason, because Kevin Smith sparred his entire friendship with George Carlin, which was quite a few years. And of course, George Carlin was a very famous atheist and thought when you died, you're just in the ground. Yeah. And, and Kevin Smith grew up like Jason and I did, which was to, to say 
Catholic. As to George Carlin, actually. George Car- I went the yeah. way of George Carlin. I don't know where you're at, Jason, but I feel like maybe you're a little bit more on the Kevin Smith side of the ledger. Probably. Um, and Jason and I have also sparred for years over these questions in a very friendly Indeed. way, obviously. But but I, I I thought that this was a really interesting episode. It wasn't written by, written by Kevin Smith, but it has a lot of interesting ideas that I think Kevin Smith would have very much been happy to see on screen here. We've also talked a little bit, sorry, I'm going to get off track here. We've talked a little bit about how shallow the filmation show used to be you know and we and we've talked a little bit about how fans the 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 fans that complain about this show this new show masters of the universe revelation complain about it being this show not being like that but this is this is one of the deepest we this is the deepest we've ever seen he-man get i mean it grapples with questions of life and death here life after death which you never saw in the filmation show and i actually think it does it in a pretty mature way i, I never felt like i never felt that the, anything that happens in this episode was overly saccharine or assumed anything about the viewer having some opinion about life after death or lack thereof but i thought that it was just a really fascinating kind of kind of honest look at the way people look at life after death i don't know what did you think of this i i just thought this was a really amazing episode well just for starters i would say that uh one of the things that that kevin smith and the other writers of this series what they tried to do is they tried to fill in some of the gaps of uh, eternian mythology which and you're right the, the the original cartoon gave us little to nothing. Some of the comic books kind of hinted at some things, but it was very surface level stuff. You actually get the sense that with this series, there's actually an attempt to try to kind of kind of fill in a lot of the metaphysical material, mythological material. You mentioned uh, Subternia being kind of like a purgatory. It's almost like a Dante kind of element. When we had gone into the last two episodes, I had said that this was the Homerian part of, and, and I and I and I. I stand by that because because in fact Odysseus does go into the underworld but when Dante wrote the Divine Comedy what he was doing was he was trying to cast in poetic form how he saw the afterlife and and trying to put that into poetic form and to to create kind of a psychology around it so in kind of a pop culture way that's being done for us oh, yeah. really finally getting to see what this world is like now they don't answer all of our questions I've already asked one and and there will be a couple more before we're done here I have some ideas, yeah. um, but I think it's also very interesting that this is more of a, 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 a taste. Uh, you know, there are some questions that are answered for our heroes as well, but some to me that are not. I think that that, 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 that question of not being answered is an essential part of the mystery. Mm-hmm. I think that that's intentional on the part, in part probably because the writers were like, well, how far do we want to go with this? And like, we don't want to err. There's always this line when you're trying to explain science fiction stuff. And I talked about it in in another podcast maybe about this very show but what, I, what I'm calling the midichlorian line and you don't want to cross it <laughs> Totally agree. And so, and this show, this this episode doesn't violate the midichlorian line. It doesn't cross that. It doesn't. But I just kind of want to, I guess, maybe lay that groundwork a little bit because it, we we see like a few different a- approaches to the consequences of death. This is the first of those consequences. Yes. You could just end up in the ground. Yeah. Somewhere in in Eternia, in the, you know Praternia or Subternia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this case, buried in heaven. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What a what a what a sad thing that might be to, if if, if you got to reflect on it. You know. The Orco didn't mind, as we saw in the last episode. It was okay. He was willing to make the trade. And so Adam realizes that they need the sword. Almost right after this, this moment, this kind of touching vignette, Adam says, you guys need the sword? Here, here it is. <laughs> you know? And he's like, uh, it's going to be harder to get out of here than it is to get the sword from me. For some reason, Adam still has it. It's kind of interesting that he like, he is the keeper of that sword no matter what. And they, they inform Adam 
that they that there's some terrible things going on in Eternia and we need to try and reforge the sword. And this is sort of, we're sort of coming into the end of the quest here for the reforging of the sword. I mean, that's mostly right, except that Tila does not give him all the information because she's rather angry at him. Yes. And, and I think all of this is done really, really well. It is. Adam is very glad to see Tila. She's mad at him. Um, she's not really ready to talk about it yet. No, no, that, that comes up a bit. Back up a little bit. One of the things I really like is Beast Man and Roboto's conversation as they're watching Adam kind of stand over Orko's grave. And Beast Man, this is sort of a great through line from the filmation show to now, is socially inept. How long is he going to be there? <laughs> and uh, he's having a hard time processing this. He's just received some troubling data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, it, and it's kind of great. Roboto is also kind of trying to navigate the emotions and, and understand them. But but I thought that was a what a great way to describe somebody getting bad news. Oh, they've received some troubling data, and I, I like that. I like that line a lot. And, and Beastman doesn't get any of it. <laughs> no, like, come on, let's move on. But again, Adam basically says, "I think I can help you guys out. We should talk to Hero." So one of the things we learn really right away is that Adam is in a place that Paternia is a place where people who have basically lived lives of heroic service and put everything aside, sacrifice just about everything meaningful in their life. This is where heroes go. Not just one-time heroes, not just you know a couple you know heroes that have people who have died heroically and maybe done one heroic thing. They don't end up here. People like He-Man end up here. Tila would probably end up here. Man in Arms probably would end up in Paternia. But all of the former holders of the sword of power are there it looks like there's a former sorceress here as well who, who does not speak uh, a, a, a intelligible language no no not a lick of Eternian is spoken by her though one of the older he one of the one of the more primitive looking wielders of the sword seems to understand her yeah it's it's interesting so but what they learn is that like some of the great heroes of Eternia's past live their days out on Eternia Paternia uh, this is very Elysian fields it's very which is which strikes me as a little more more pleasant maybe than 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 Valhalla. Valhalla is a for audience audience for for those of you who don't know. If you go to Valhalla, it's kind of fun, but you're really prepping for Ragnarok. That's right. You know, like yeah, it's 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 fighting and dying all day and then feasting, and, you know, and winching all night. But you're you're prepping for the final battle. That's what you're there for for Odin, right? Uh, there is an end date. Yes, yes. Praternia and the Elysian Fields are a, kind of a more traditional afterlife well i don't know if that's right traditional what what do we what do i know but it is a more open-ended i get the sense that as long as there's magic in in the universe that paternia would go on forever but but so it strikes me as a little more elysian fields that you're more of a of an expert in this this mythology than i am am i am i reading that right i i I think it's exactly like the elysian fields because uh you know it's the heroes that go there you know um it's a land that is green and and lush and it's kind of you know, it's what the 19th century poets would have written about. It's a far green country. Yeah, 19th century painters would have painted. I mean, it's... um, um, For those of you who don't know, the 19th century was in the 1800s. Yes, exactly. Uh, the the um, it was the Romantic period, and um, the the heroes in Praternia um, engage in contests with each other that are that are very fun. Now, I, but I wanted to kind of back up a second. Uh, they they uh, Tila and Adam join in this uh, raucous fun. Um, this episode, this 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 show. Uh, 
does character development so well and uh, interaction so well. And I noticed this time just how amazing it was. How, well, I mean, Tila does lay it out. She says, stop being nice. Just let me be mad for a while. Because, uh, and, and Adam doesn't understand why she's so mad. And she does tell him. She does say, well, you know, you know, I, um, you know, you lied to me. And then I never got, basically what she's saying is I never got any closure. You were just, you were just gone. I and, died. I love it yeah, when he says that. Yeah, yeah. He says, "Well, I died, and uh, but but, she, but she's very angry at him. But so you know, but you know, that's all good. But there's kind of this stop and start that it does as well. She's mad at him. Then they then they kind of engage in the chase, and she's smiling at him, and uh, he helps her up onto the little flying disc, yeah. and smiles at him, and so uh, and, and I think that's more how it works. Like there's this kind of this stop and start. Yeah, she's mad at him, but she kind of come out of it, uh, you know." because you know because something sparks a memory yeah. uh, of something that they used to do together because their friendship goes back such a long way it, it doesn't make her forget everything uh because you know, there still has to be this discussion there was something very real about all of that well one of the things it's it's strange too because one of the things about this first interaction that we get as as adam basically adam says here's this here's my half of the power sword and we can reforge it and i think i know a way to get you guys back but we've got to go see grayskull yeah. Like the guy, the guy who yeah. the castle's named after. And that floors everybody. And he's here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're all here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a neat moment. But it's Tila and Adam who go by themselves to go talk to Grayskull. And you were just talking about how real her anger is. It comes and goes. It's it's alleviated by those those warm memories and those warm feelings she has. And it is, it is it, it, it's caused to flare up. It's given cause to flare up when she thinks about what she feels as the betrayal trail um but what one of the things that i find so interesting about this this is the conversation that a lot of people want to have with lost loved ones right but yeah but they never get it but but we but being the being where we live and how we live and 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 the nature of our biology we don't ever get to have these conversations with them with a working hat we don't get it we don't ever get the other half of this conversation right because when we're complaining to our our lost loved ones you know they don't get to tell us yeah well what died? I sorry I didn't get to close all the all the gaps, but this is the conversation that a lot of us want to have. I think sometimes with people who we lose abruptly. And and, and wouldn't it be yeah a combination of holy shit there you are yeah yeah and then uh, um but now let's go back. yeah exactly exactly well, and so it, so it's also kind of beautiful in that way too because it 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 is it is sort of the the emotional and sometimes petty nature of human nature that yeah. that they would say well it's you're back now i want to recover where we left off here right and, right 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 and one of the things in this scene where they're having it out and this sort of tells me a lot about how tila feels about the the dual nature of prince adam you know and he's like i didn't want you to find out this way you know i i always wanted to tell you uh, i just never you know that i was he-man uh, she says something like i'm not mad at he-man he-man didn't hurt me you did adam yes yes and and so that tells us i think a lot of what we need to know about how tila feels about adam she doesn't see she sees he-man doesn't really exist for her anymore it's just adam it's just adam and so so i really like that she wasn't i like that that's where she landed and and that that's that the person she has to 
to forgive in this episode is is Prince Adam. And it sort of goes back and it sort of justifies some of the stuff that we said earlier that like uh, that she could have lost He-Man. He was a comrade in arms. Yes. Adam was actually her best friend, uh, her, her emotional connection. Yes, yes. And so losing He-Man was something, well, like Randor. Oh, well, gosh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a festival. It's it's too bad. Yeah, um, yeah. Now it was closer for, I'm sure it was much closer for Tila. It would have been closer for her, that emotional loss, because they were comrades in arms, like tight. But right. but but the person that she definitely didn't expect to lose that day and never, never expected to lose, never wanted to lose, was Adam. And I, I think that that really comes through in this episode. And I think it's really nicely done, as you say. Uh, yeah. But anyway, that takes us to, they have a, they have a few things. Tila gets some jabs in about keeping secrets. She doesn't want to tell him why she's there. And I think in part because he knows she's asking, he's asking for some things that she doesn't want to say. She doesn't, I, why are you back? Why did you come back, Tila? Of course, he's worried about Eternia, but he's also wondering, did you come here to see me? I think, I think that's going on too. Did you get that sense? Do you get that there's, uh, yeah. sense that there's something going on romantically between Tila and Adam? Yeah, but but I, I'm not sure that either one of them are aware of it even now. And okay. I think that's one of the great things about this series. Uh, I mean, we saw in the previous episode that, you know, this is a journey of self-discovery for Tila. Um, there's a lot of things that she's been blind to. Yeah. She doesn't want to tell him. I think she she does want to spare him the pain, but also she's experienced a lot of pain. Oh, yeah. And I think maybe, maybe, maybe she thinks that it, it would be almost spiteful or throwing that on him, you know, that that I've gone through all of this and, and it's because of you. And she doesn't really want to do that to him. You know, so it does a lot for her that she chooses not to do that because she doesn't want him to hurt like she's hurt. But she's angry at him. Yes, yes, yes. That has had to hurt. Uh, so she's she's struggling mightily in, in in many 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 different ways. And Adam's just kind of like, well, what's wrong? Like, I mean, he's in the Elysian Fields. He <laughs> knows not conflict at all, emotional conflict. But he will in a moment. Yes, yes. So so yeah. So that's that's going on. I think that she doesn't want to, and she even says as much later on. It will just it'll just torture you to know what's going on at Eternia right now. She says right. that at some point in the episode because it would probably be torture to know that you sacrificed a lot. You sa- he sacrificed his own life in fact save Eternia and to kind of find out that oh that didn't work right right uh, or it was it was a holding action at best right they uh they have to go find Grayskull to get permission to do the the final leg of the quest in Praternia and to use this connecting tower of Grayskull uh that seems to connect to the castle on Eternia in some right, way right. at any rate where was I they pull out the discs the hover discs yeah which are a, kind of a nice nod to the Dolph Lundgren masterpiece, Masters of the Universe. They were never in any of the shows, but they were in that wonderful film. You would enjoy that. <laughs> I, it, was, it was it was nice to see. Again, going back to your idea that this reboots every iteration of He-Man. And the yes, absolutely. And, they, and so sort of like Valhalla, heroes engage in these games. And today is a hunt, as a chase of a, of a panther or a saber-toothed tiger, a purple saber-toothed tiger, which I think is supposed to be a nod to Skeletor's Panther, Panther? Panther, yeah. Panther. Yeah. And, and all of the old heroes of, of Eternia's glory days are chasing this Panther. I'm I'm being very deliberate about that pronunciation audience because I, I think it's hearkening to a figure a character in the old filmation show and they all have different mounts and it's all very like like He-Man had Battle Cat all of these 
other champions have their own mounts. And it's kind of cool to see different mounts that they had uh, as they're all chasing after this 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 saber-tooth tiger. Or not tiger, panthor. The saber-tooth panthor. Well, and a lot of them are on uh, battle rams. Is that what they're called? They might be. Well, yeah. The, the, I uh, think it's a battle. Sky sled. The sky sled. No, I, I, I'm sorry. I hate to do this to you. But as a fan of the early 80s uh, mini comic, I'm telling you that, yes, it was a sky sled in the filmation cartoon but by god that was a battle ram in the original figure okay okay ba- I, I, I'll, I'll take you I, I will i will allow that I will, I will let that go and you can have that point sidebar i had been about to grant jason that point uh, out of the goodness of my heart but he's absolutely right it was called the battle ram i just watched a couple of episodes of he-man the other day and he-man himself calls the thing i was calling the sky sled the battle ram now i don't know if i apologize to lord movies lord cartoons or lord childhood here but i'm in the wrong jason's in the right so into the sidebar but but yeah, some of them are on the sky sled slash battle ram, and uh, and others are on crazy mounts. I know somebody's on like a uh, it looks like a feathered dinosaur. The old sorceress is on like a feathered dinosaur. It looks like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, some of them are even yeah, they're on crazy things, and they're all the goal is for some one of them has to win the day by catching the panther. And there's a lot of fun action beats that happen, and Tila and Prince Adam work very well together as they move ahead in the chase uh, beyond all of the other heroes uh but of course they get they get crowded out by grayskull himself uh played by dennis haysbert whose voice you recognize in many many state farm ads are you in good hand or yeah it's state farm yeah um I it's all it's, no it's all state i'll say i take that oh, sorry. sorry lord are you in good hands with all state yeah. yeah but yeah he's he's got a great narration voice he is grayskull and he rides a green triceratops which made me quite happy i like the triceratops a lot I like the idea that there's a battle triceratops and he catches the panther panthor and immediately it's, it's made apparent that the panthor is a denizen of Paternia and they're friends with it. It's just, it was all sport. And this is where we learn. I think one of the neat facts about this Grayskull's like, well, you rode magnificently talking to Tila. You must've died a glorious death. I was just like, Oh, I'm not dead. And, and everyone's like, Oh, that's interesting. But this is where Grayskull explains the rules of Paternia for the champions anyway. Well, yeah, we all died, and not until Prince Adam did anybody choose their lesser self. The 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 facade, maybe. The Clark Kent version of themselves. Right. Until Adam. And that that indicates to me, it says so much about Adam's character, that, that he was, unlike say, Batman, who uh, Bruce Wayne is the mask, right. and, and Batman is his real face. In this case, it's Prince Adam that's the real person, and He-Man that is the persona that he wears to do the heroic deeds i thought that was kind of cool uh, that, that adam just decided to be himself among these people knowing kevin smith and his adoration of star wars yeah for those who are fans of the first the original star wars trilogy the only thing that you can grab or, 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 or grasp uh, when watching the star wars trilogy is that the reason one of the reasons why the attempts to convert luke skywalker to the dark side of the force is because his loyalty to his friends is very selfless that unlike his father he part of him is afraid of losing his friends because it'll be painful but for the most part he doesn't want anything to happen to them for them Luke 
mean? Luke. Yes. And I think that that's part of what's going on here is that the reason that he chooses to be Adam instead of He-Man is because he loves his friends and that's and Tila doesn't understand this and if she did uh, she wouldn't be she wouldn't be angry at him and I think she comes to realize it as we move along but the reason that he chooses to be Adam is because that's who his friends knew him as yeah. and so therefore that's what's important to him so the first time I watched it I thought oh what a humble guy you know he just wants to be himself you know just something kind of like that but then then this time on the second viewing I thought no his friends mean that much to him Eternia means that much to him that he really just wants to be himself yeah. because like these other heroes, all good people. Oh, all, yeah. All great heroes who sacrificed so much, as did he. I mean, he sacrificed, he, I mean, he, he, uh, for the sake of the safety of Eternia, he even withheld his identity from the people that he cared about. And, and he's kind of paying for that now. But it was so important to him that he would rather spend eternity in the form that his friends knew rather than be his superior form and engage in all these forms of sport. For, for millennia to come. That's a big deal. It is. It is It is a huge character-developing moment. That I mean, I think it's a beautiful twist, and, and the writers really nailed, I think, the essential, for this version of the story, kind of the essential kind of drama of Adam's life. Like, you see in this moment that he never saw himself as He-Man. He-Man was a means to an end. That was to protect Eternia from evil people and bad things. If Adam could have done that without being He-Man, he would have. Right. But you also see with that choice that he never ever wanted to keep the secret from other people in his life, you know? Yeah. And this is the beginning of Tila's forgiveness, too, because she sees when 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 Grayskull says, well, it wasn't until Adam that anybody ever chose to be their lesser self. And she, she, yeah, she softens a bit because they treat him like uh, like a little kid or a rag doll. They you do, know? they do. They're not, I mean, they're, he, not to- they're not totally mean. They're not mean. They're not mean at all. And they I think they respect his decision. Oh yes, but he but he also he cannot compete with them. Yeah, no, no. Which isn't to say that he's not without resources. But Prince Adam wasn't a fighter. He wasn't, and this was true in the filmation show. He was a he was that. I mean, that was that was his least capable version of himself. Yeah. Even though he's- the audience, even the audience. Prince Adam clearly abused steroids like everyone else on Eternia. But he wasn't a fighter. He wasn't a fighter. <laughs> I thought this was kind of a beautiful moment. But this is where Grayskull says, well, yeah, we can get you back to Paternia and you can try and forge the sword. Go ahead. Well, here, uh, I think we need to close out the discussion about Eternia metaphysics. Okay, okay, yeah, let's do it. Because, because there's a very, I mean, at least my final thought about it yeah. is that uh, Grayskull uh, provides some interesting information. Yes. Like Adam, in spite of the fact that there's no going back uh, except for the the portal where you can go back. It's just before you go on, I want to say that this is this is not actually uncommon in in terms of mythology. No, no, and no, illusion actually very permeable. The death in in you've talked about this with me before when we talked a little bit about the old histories like Herodotus, and uh, there was no real idea that what happened with the gods was separate necessarily, or what happened with the with those who died was necessarily separate from anything that happened to people on the normal mortal realm like it's all very permeable in when you when you look back at the at, at like older mythologies and, and when 
people were still, I guess when history was, human history was quote unquote young, I want to say, you could go from the land of the dead and come back. It was hard, but you could do it. Uh, Orpheus went there, Hercules yeah. went there, um, and, and, in Greek mythology, I mean, and, and there's, and there's the other piece that, you know, Greek mythology, the Greek gods, um, their divine system tended to kind of invite a kind of earthiness because the gods were fallible. They could be thwarted. Like, you know, you could, you could outthink them. You could fool them. Many of the heroes did. And some of them, like Hercules, even got away with it. It kind of invited a kind of human heroism, which I think some would say. I would be one of them that suspects that that's one of the reasons why the Greeks were so adept at creating systems of thought and were one of the early. Uh, there's other reasons for that. I mean, a lot of the ideas came from other places. That's true. But um, there was something about Greek culture that kind of lent itself to that. And I guess to kind of to kind of to kind of buttress that, I would suggest that in, in certain ways, that's also true of the Eternian system here. Yeah. And I actually want to borrow not from Greek mythology, but from a Marvel film about Norse mythology. And that is the first Thor film. There's a scene where Thor and Jane Foster uh, are on top of a uh, her, her moving camper where she keeps all of her scientific equipment and they're looking at the stars and or, they're sitting around a camper. I can't remember. But, but, but he says, um, on your planet, you call it science. Where I come from, it's called ma- uh, 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 on your planet, you call it science and magic. But I come from, I come from a place where they're one and the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what this cartoon is kind of doing. Because what I realized in Grayskull's explanation that, well, well, you can't leave, but there is a portal yeah. kind of thought so you can leave. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and uh, but then he explained, well, why would you want to? Like he yes. doesn't, he doesn't understand why anyone would want to. And it suddenly occurred to me: it is true that because of Eternian magic, these people, when they die, are able to go to this dimension. Yeah, but it is another dimension. This is not some uh, heavenly. This is not heaven. No. You know, heaven would be a, a kind of a non-material place in the Christian way of looking at things. The Elysian Fields is not that. We just said that. This is another dimension. Yeah. Dimension that, in theory, you could get to. And, in fact, our heroes just did. Right? Well, and one of the things that's interesting, too, because, like, going back from Paternia to Eternia actually doesn't seem that hard. Except you have to choose to leave this wonderful place. And Grayskull's explanation for why he doesn't go back... It's hard to get back to. It's hard to. There are a couple of reasons why he doesn't want to go back, uh, or while none of the, why, why none of the other heroes ever think about going back, because it's hard to build up enough of that that Paternian goodwill uh, of heroism to earn your way back into it. Yeah. Right? Could and, add? Could 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 any could could they redo that and get back to to the place now? And 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 Grayskull says something that's really interesting. When I was alive, it was all sacrifice and duty, and he doesn't say this, but there's some pain i think in the life of the of the he, person who wields the sword enjoying, of power. he's enjoying the rest yes so i guess i guess what i'm saying I, I agree with you i i think what i'm saying is is that within the eternian system this is another dimension to gray skull it's heaven yes see it's it, it's perception yeah. okay and from a uh, from a certain point of view gray skull's not wrong yeah but uh at the same time 
Now, to back up a little bit, you had said that Adam had said, well, it's hard to get out of here, but I'm going to help you do it. That's not that's not totally true. Initially says to, I think, Andra, well, get used to it. You're here to stay. Yeah. Like he he first says, well, there's no going back. And then after that, he's like, well, there is a way, but, you know, we're going to have to. I, I have an idea. I have an idea. Yeah. And uh, so Adam also is kind of within this new psychology of I'm in heaven and this kind yeah. of thing. Uh, he has some doubts. Of, he has some doubts how permanent that is yeah. because he tells them that, well, you came here from Subternia. Think of them as two gardens with a, an adjoining door. Yeah. You can't go back. Um, but it's very clear quickly that he doesn't really believe that. He, he thinks there's another way. And Grayskull knows there's another way. Yes. Take it seriously. I, now see, I find that very interesting. I think that I think the psychology of these characters is done really well. Well, I, I you know you you have no argument here. And so Grayskull says, well, "Why would you want to go back? Why would I ever want to go back? This is a nice place." And Tila says, "Yeah, why would anybody want to go back?" And she storms off. And there are conflicting ideas about what Adam should do here. One of the heroes says, "You should go after her," and Grayskull says, "You should give her some space." And yeah. The ancient tribal sorceress says, "Ugla blugla." And and I think that that's an accurate representation. I think so. And Adam likes to go after her. And they have a, I don't remember exactly what the conversation here is, but Adam is basically hinting that to her that he'll go back for her and to help her. Right. Yeah. And she's unwilling to ask for him to do that. Um, she's unwilling to give him the information that he's asking for here, and she storms off. And this is the other perspective on death when Mossman comes up. Yes. And 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 so 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 there's another small argument between uh, Prince Adam and Tila, and Adam hints that I can come back. I can go back with you. And she's like, Well, why would you want to? Why would you ever want to do that? This is clearly fishing that she's that Tila's doing. Why would you ever want to come back? You know. And I mean, that's a little. I mean, I get why she says it. I get why she's asking that question. It's the kind of question that humans ask. Um, well, but, but she also, she needs it because, look, I mean, look what she's been through. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Life has changed radically. Yes. No, and I totally, I, it's not an unfair question. It, it demonstrates where she's at emotionally, but she storms off when Adam doesn't quite give her what she wants to hear here. And Prince Adam says, so you, you hear everything? And uh, knowing that Mossman is there, because Mossman is everywhere in Paternity. I sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, well, I wasn't listening, but I, I did. I did hear everything. And there's an interesting perspective from Mossman. He's like, well, there's no guarantee that you get to come back here if you go back. Right. And this is an interesting thing about Mossman. Mossman actually begins his life prior to anybody knowing him in in in, in Eternia, uh, in modern Eternia. He was the keeper of forests, and he kept forests his whole life. And when he died, something mystical happens to him, and he reemerges from his death in Eternia or Paternia or wherever. I don't know how it's done here, but in the, I guess in the Mike Young 2002 series, the forest basically brings him back to life as Mossman. This is deep in, in Eternian deep history, uh, I guess you might say. He's like but, Tom Basically. I mean, Mossman is a very Tom Bombadil-like character. and yeah. but, but he says, you know, why died and became a forest, which is not that different from everything else. Right. You know, you, if you go back, you might not come back here. You might die and become a forest. But but what he says is, what I think he's saying to Prince Adam is that it's not that bad, though, is it? If you go back, you're going to go back and be with your friends. When you <laughs> die, you're going to die like every other animal and become recycled in the great... Probably you're going to die and become like every other animal 
animal and be recycled into the biota. But that's sort of what happened to me too. And that's not yeah. so bad. And so it's, it's I, I think that that's, that's a very kind of neat thing that, that Mossman says to Prince Adam. And, and we get like these different different views of how to spend your your eternity, I guess. And <laughs> the other heroes don't want Adam to go back. No guarantee you get to come back here. Well, I, I also like later on, so skipping ahead a little bit, Prince Adam says, well, I'm going to come back with you. And this is exactly what Teela wants to hear. Now, yeah. She lights up when he says that. Well, who's going to call down the power of the power sword? And and I think it's Hero who says, there were other champions before you. There'll be other champions after you. And it's either Grayskull or Hero who says, just lay the burden down. You've done enough. Right. And like, if you look at him compared to all of the other I think this might not be fair, but when you look at him compared to all of the other champions of Grayskull, Prince Adam didn't have a long tenure, you know, but, but anyway, so that's the, those are the kind of competing visions of how he can spend eternity. Well, but, but, but I mean, but you know, he did his time, no doubt, but that's, he's going back for his friends. Yes. That's the difference. That's what I think the heroes don't understand. Yes. No, I I think that's right. I think they've been in Paternia too long (laughs) and they don't see that, but Adam's, he has been there as long as they have and he hasn't forgotten about his friends but i want to go i want to back up a little bit because there's a moment after the hunt for panthor where there's a little bit of a champion fiesta after the hunt ah. tila's watching all this happen she's interacting with some of these champions and it's sort of like the they're all regaling each other with stories of their daring do when they were alive right. and adam is as much a part of that group as any of the others yes and i think that 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 tells you a lot too because like even though they sometimes call him flea man they see him as much a worthy champion as the rest of them. And I think that's kind yeah, of, well, a, and, and, and he's, he's not out of place. I, no. mean, I mean, that, that needs to be said when I say he goes, he, when he chooses to go back, he does it for his friends. It's not because he's not happy. No, no. He's, he's very happy in Paternia, but you know, it's not really a big, it's not really a big leap for him to go back. I mean, he gets a little bit of a, of a nudge, I think from Mossman, who sees that he kind of wants to go back for his friends. While all this is going on though, we also see, the, the reforging of the power sword, which is done by Roboto. This is sort of a side plot. It's a necessary side story in the, in the movie, but it's still quite dramatic seeing, while we're, we're, while we're seeing the kind of, the very interesting and relatable human drama of Tila and He-Man figuring out what happened between them, we see Roboto forging the sword of power. This is all really good stuff, but it's not until the end of this, this forging process that we see what danger Roboto is in. Oh, no, no. Uh, we see it at the beginning because uh, they call down the the, the, the power and, and he, he absorbs it. It's like, yeah, that's a lot of power. Can, can, can you contain all of that? Oh, not at all. That's right. That's right. Everyone needs to move away to a safe distance. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. He's forging the sword. And this is an important subplot where he brings the subternian half and the paternian half together. And I, I think that this is a really kind of glorious, magical forging that we see here. And as the process continues, we see that it's it's destroying Roboto as, as he's doing it. And we find out that this is actually quite a brave act of Roboto because he's actually a real boy. Yeah. In, in, in the Pinocchio. Tokyoian sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, he's truly Duncan's son. But you know, um, there is a moment where I think even he thinks he's going to survive it. Yes. Because the sword is forged and he's still okay. Yeah. And uh, then there's another surge of power. Uh, another surge of power and it, just, it it blows him apart for the most part. And he says, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. 
And it's it's interesting too because there's that moment where he thinks, oh, it's done. I think I've done it. And yeah. then it cuts to Andra and Beastman and the 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 other heroes outside. And then every window in the Tower of Grayskull there blows out. And yeah. it's interesting, Anya. I'm sorry, Anya, my daughter was not there, but Andra <laughs> is mortified and she goes, oh my God, Roboto, because they did form, it seems like in the last episode, they really did form a bond fighting the Shadow Beasts and she yes. charges in. This is where he, sorry, this is where Prince Adam and, and Tila come back upon the, the rest of the crew and they find Roboto missing most of his limbs except for his right arm and I think most of his right leg and Andra yeah. says, it's okay, we'll build you, we'll make you stronger faster we have the technology um <laughs> audience I, I i nailed it with a reference there um <laughs> so they find roboto and and he's his he's powering down and why don't you take it away jason i think you thought this was a really neat scene for roboto and and go ahead tell us what you thought of this and describe well, what happened. I, this is a, it, it's a very touching scene because um i think roboto knows how to forge the sword he he goes through the process he knows that he might die he has a moment where he thinks that he might not he gets blown apart uh andra and tila both try to comfort him and try to you know we can save you. You'll get rebuilt, et cetera, et cetera. And Roboto has this wonderful moment, which I, I think that he processes as just a, a moment that that, that uh, makes it all worth it. Yes. He actually is afraid of death. And uh, he, he asked Tila to tell their father that, you know, that, that, that uh, you know, that, that almost like he was a real person. Yeah. And, and he says his last words are, what a way to go. We didn't mention this earlier when, when, when Tila instructs him to go forge the sword, he says, yeah, he says something like, yes, I will, sister. He calls her sister. Yeah. And in this moment, he does say, you know, tell father that he did a great job on me because if he hadn't, I wouldn't be afraid right now. Yeah. And that, and that, I think that's when Tila and Andre said, oh, we can fix you. We can get you squared away. And he's like, no, it's okay. As I power down, I think this is really neat. As my programming fails, I think this is... Uh... You know? What a way to go, he says. What yeah, a way to go. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a great moment for Roboto, and we we don't we don't actually get to see Duncan respond to the loss of his his uh, son here, who's a piece of himself, I suppose. I guess like all kids are, but it it we will probably see that happen later in the series. But it, I think it's a really nice, powerful moment, and that's when we get the okay. Well, we got the sword. We've got to head back now, and that's when Prince Adam says, "I'm going to go back with you." Teal is very happy about this, but she's also you can see the animation does a good job of conveying how she is concerned with this choice because I think anybody who spends time in Paternia realizes that it's actually a great place. Yeah. It's feasting and fun and beauty all the live long day. But, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, Adam goes back for his friends because that's why he went there in the first place. Right. All the, all this while, though, Evil Lynn has been pressing for them to go back because her her wand is saying that things are bad in, in Eternia and magic is fading. And they step through the portal into a fight with Triclops's people right away. Right. That was, I thought that was, I thought, so we get a brief action beat some of Triclops's people attacking Grayskull and we see Man-at-Arms doing the things that Man-at-Arms does, which is blow everything up. You know, he's, he's very, he's very, he's very uh, strong, uh, this Man-at-Arms. He's, he's got great gadgets and great instincts. Man-at-Arms sees Tila's return from her quest and he drops down uh, from his perch on 
on Grayskull, and they have a reunion, and Ad- and Duncan sees Adam for the first time. I thought this was really pretty well done too. He's you know this is one of his great failures. He thinks, and he sees that Adam's returned, and he says, "Well, look, guys, it's good to see you, but they come in waves, so you guys better do what you're gonna do." And is there anything you want to say about this reunion scene? It's a, it's a little hurried, but I don't think it's rushed. Do you think that this works okay? Oh, I, I think it works perfect. Well, first of all, I mean, you know, we just ended a battle scene and there is kind I mean, we don't necessarily feel it at this point, but there's kind of a sense of urgency. There is, there is. Eternia needs to be saved. Uh, everyone's been suffering for a long time. And these are warriors who you know, have, have kind of borne that together. And uh, so, no, I don't think it's, I don't think it's hurried at all. No, no, no. So, so yeah, there's, there's, there are stakes in this uh, and, and, and they've got to see this through. They get down to the heart of Eternia, to the to the basement, the sub the the, the lower levels of, of not Eternia, but of Grayskull. And Prince Adam gets the sword and he says the classic lines. And this is a nice little moment where Tila says, Remember the tune? I think I do. And he begins the I have the power thing, and Prince Adam restores Eternia. Yes. While this is happening, things are going on in the evil Lynn's neck of the woods. Her power staff is behaving oddly. And then the skull, the the end of the havoc staff in her bag leaps out of her little satchel and it starts to do its magic. And just before Prince Adam says, I have the power, he gets run through by a spear and behind him stands Sauron. Nope, nope. Mumra. No, 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 no. Skeletor. Yeah. And Skeletor, it turns out, has pulled a Sauron and or a Voldemort and hidden a piece of himself, his essence, in the end of his Havoc staff as a last-ditch yeah. effort that happens. This was a little bit of magic that Skeletor did way back in episode one to sort of preserve himself in the hopes that 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 these heroes would restore Eternia and he could come back as himself. And so he's sort of gotten the drop on everybody. He hasn't let evil in on the plan, though he has been trying to subtly manipulate her through her staff, I think. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, in fact, I think more so than she even thinks. Yes, yes. At this point. She seems uh, shocked by, she is shocked by everything that happens. Evil Lynch. She is shocked by everything that happens, but also accepts that, well, this is this is where I belong. This is what I have to do. And she goes uh, with. Let's let's hold off on that for a second. I'll, we'll get back to that in a minute. But, but Skeletor kicks Adam off of the end of his Havoc staff and picks up the sword. And Mark Hamill chews the scenery here so wonderfully. Yeah. And Andre doesn't know who this is. Yeah. Andre is the only one in this group that doesn't realize that everything just went south. Right and risks everything in asking a question. Yes, she says, "Who is this?" I think Tila tries to interject, and Skeletor's like, "The woman asked me a question, and I should give her an answer." Right, and and he's a. Uh, I mean, he is gloat. I mean, he is in super gloat mode. He is in <laughs> super villain monologue mode. Right, Adam is bleeding. Andres being is. I'm Skeletor. I. Uh, I haven't made a lot of friends, so here I am. And and then and Skeletor explains to Evil Lynn what he did. He's like, hey, I had to hide my essence in your staff. And he says, you did good. Now come join my place. Join, join uh, you know, take your place at my right side. And Evil Lynn, like you said, she says... Well, I was really starting to like you guys. Yeah. And then she she stands by Skeletor. Beastman, this was I only noticed this on the second viewing. Beastman is hesitant about all of it. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's well, it's good to I, well, I, it's good it's good to have you back, Lord yeah. Skeletor. He doesn't like this. Beastman does not like this situation at all. Yeah. He goes along with it though. He goes along with it because Evil Lynn goes along with it. 
And the close to the final turn of the show, part one, Skeletor picks up this the power sword and and utters the words that only up to this point only Prince Adam has ever uttered in our as a viewer uh, from filmation to today. Only Prince Adam has said, "By the power of Grayskull, I have the power," um, which is a strange phrase. Now that I've said it, um, <laughs> but and then Skeletor emerges a different being. I mean, he's he looks totally different than he has, and he even calls himself a god. And that's how the show ends. Is there anything you thought about this this conclusion here? Um, I mean, this is the Empire Strikes Back chapter of this show, and we're still in part one. <laughs> I, I found it to be very shocking. <laughs> I was floored. I was like, no, there's another episode after this, right? It's generally six episodes, right? It's got There's got to be another episode is what I thought, because we can't end here. Is My son and I watched this. And as I said, I think I said in earlier episodes, we watched this from episode one to episode five. We didn't stop. We didn't hit the button yeah. on our remote except to say, yes, of course, we want to keep watching. Well, and, and you know, really, um, I guess because of the complaints that people had, I didn't expect Prince Adam to return. And yes. so when he did, I was like, what is everybody complaining about? Yeah. And, uh, and, and then suddenly he's, quote unquote, killed again. Yes, yes. Now, okay, hold that audience. Think, keep that in mind. Adam was stabbed from his right side back through his, and it came out his abdomen on the right side. This is probably, a liver perforation. Adam is not doing good, but he's not dead. He's not dead at the end of the episode. Um, yeah. But shit doesn't look good. No. No. But some things to remember. During this, Sorceress is restored to power. Her power is restored. She's yes. young again. So that's something to consider. Adam did complete the saving of Eternia. Yes. He just didn't get Eternia into He-Man. The episode yes. ends with Tila bent over Adam and everybody looking at the Skele God and Skeletor Triumph the first time in the history of the anim- any of the animated series, Skeletor, tri- Skeletor Triumphant. Never happened in the filmation show. Never happened in the mini-comics. Uh, this is our most competent Skeletor in animation. Uh, uh, didn't it briefly happen in the movie? The Dolph Lundgren masterpiece. Yes, I think he... Yes, because there's a moment where he becomes the Alpha and the Omega. There's, <laughs> there's never a reason not to quote Frank Langella directly. Um, and so, so the show ends with Skeletor with the Sword of Power. Now, audience, it's it's pretty clear that we 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 like this show, and 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 we'll get to our verdict in a minute. But before we get to the verdict, what happens next? What happens in part two? Do you think, Jason? Uh, well, I I think more character development certainly, uh, Ske- because Skeletor has also been absent from this series. Now he's going to be front and center, and our heroes are still going to be kind of kind of behind the eight ball, I suppose. Yes, and I I agree with you. I do not think Prince Adam is dead. I suspect there will be more character development with Eva Lynn especially. Yes. Do you have any specific predictions, Jason? I'm going to get you on record, and I'm going to go on record in a minute and tell you what I think is going to happen. The major arcs of part five. I, mean, I, I Well, I, I, I do think that we will have He-Man restored because I, I really think that I don't see them killing off Adam and making his sacrifice just, just kind of end. No, 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 no. In, in, uh, in, in ignominious death, like... <laughs> 
he returns. That, that would be more daring than Mattel is willing to be. Yes. Any other predictions? I, I don't think so at this time. Uh, there is one thing that we didn't mention. You notice, I think it was Grayskull. It might have been one of the other heroes. In fact, it might have been one of the other heroes mm. who uh, fought against the uh, the hordes uh, in the early days of Eternia. Did you catch a, uh, a, a, a prefiguring of Hordak in that line? Well, I mean, it, it seems to me that like they are laying, I mean, they're at least laying the the, the fan service for the evil horde and Hordak here. Yeah. Um, like, you know, he fought the evil horde. He drove back the evil horde. Now, audience, for those of you who don't know and who haven't seen the she show, uh, either the original or the new Netflix show, Hordak is uh, the leader of the evil horde. He was, I think, Skeletor's mentor before, yes. uh, uh, before they had a falling out. And they were always bound to have a falling out because that's just the nature of evil wizards uh, yeah. and evil science lords. This is definitely laying some ideas for for future stories and for future introductions of She-Ra in this universe. But yeah. Is that your prediction? That's not my prediction just yet. Um, I think that they would have to do their own version of She-Ra because I don't see how they can take the She-Ra from the Netflix She-Ra show and incorporate it into this. I don't, I just, it's not that I wouldn't love to see it somehow. And, and you know, maybe there's like a creative team. Now, if if there's a team that can do it, Kevin Smith and his writing team and the She-Ra writing team, I have no doubt they could they could do the unification of these two universes. I have no doubt they could. Um, but the animation styles are quite different, and so they would have to fi- they would have to figure out some way to navigate that. That's not my prediction. I think if they if they continue to do these Kevin Smith inspired He-Man shows, I think they will do their own version of She-Ra. But I don't yeah. know that I don't know that they have a, a plan for part beyond part two. So my prediction, an audience, I hope you've gotten your Max and Jason watch a, uh, a movie and talk about a TV show notebook out and you're writing these predictions down. I predict that Evil Land is going to be integral in getting the sword of power to Prince Adam. I, could, I, 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 I mean, I didn't go that far, but I, I was leaning that she was, she was, I, she's going to be, she's going to continue to be conflicted. No doubt. No doubt. I, I think she, I don't think she's ever going to become a heroic warrior, but I think she's going to help out her friends. And I think her friends now are Tila and Prince Adam and and maybe the memory of Orko. I think that I think that those are her and maybe even Beastman. I I Beastman is so simple obsequious to her, so sync of such a sycophant to her that I don't think she respects Beastman at all. But she does respect Tila and Andra and and Adam. Right. I think. And so I I think that I think and I also think that her journey with Orko and Subternia gave her some insight into herself. So I hope I'm right about this. Evelyn is gonna in some way help the heroic warriors. And then I predict though that she will abscond from the fight. I think she's going to do just enough to give them a chance against Skeletor. I think that's a good uh, that's a good prediction. I mean, certainly there's going to be something because they they've plowed a lot of ground. They, I mean, if they if they just leave that as an un if they if they don't pick up that plot thread, then they've they've done themselves a disservice. Prediction two: somehow Adam is going to be healed, and I I wonder if it's not going to be the sorceress giving up her new re, newly found power to heal Adam. That's a tentative prediction because I think 
that the drama of the show is going to be Sorceress dying in the next part. Yeah. Hila having to take up the mantle and then become the the the, the defender and kind of uh, protector of Grayskull. And as you may know, audience, and you may not know, I know Jason being a student of Masters of the Universe, being a, a deep scholar of the Praetorian, uh, the Praetorian lore. Sorceress can't leave Grayskull ever. Right. Except as Zoar, the Falcon. Right. And if Tila takes up that mantle, that's where she'll be. She'll be the new sorceress and she'll be stuck there in Grayskull. So I, I suspect that Sorceress dies and, and Tila takes up the mantle. And that's the revelation. That's the revelation of Masters of the Universe. Tila becoming the new, learning that she's the sorceress, heir, the heir to the sorceress. And I think that Adam will be restored to being He-Man. And so they'll have that moment, but I think that's the drama of the piece. Do you think I'm off base? Do you think I'm crazy, Jason? I do not think you're crazy. Talking. No, 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 I, I, I don't think that you're crazy. I just see something different. Okay, tell me what you see. Tell me what, tell me. I, I, I actually think that um, there will just be kind of an updated version of He-Man where He-Man and Tila are a little bit more open with each other and that Tila, who is now much more trained than she was, a little bit more liberated from the, 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 uh, the niceties of the court, so yeah, yeah. will simply be kind of He-Man's more open equal. She was always as equal. I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't doubt that. But she, she won't have any blinders on in terms of what her role is. Their, their relationship would be without secrets, but, right? And, and, um, you know, she'll share more with Adam. And uh, I, I mean, actually, I'm a little bit more curious as to what's going to happen with Adam's relationship with his parents. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, That's I, that's going to be a tough one to oh yeah. back from the dead. Well, right, right, right. But I do expect. Uh, I, I, I think I do agree with what you say about the sorceress kind of sacrificing herself. Ah, let me suggest this to you. There might be a, a, a really neat opportunity where the sorceress makes that sacrifice, and and Tila is kind of uh, offered that role as the person most worthy of it, and she's not sure if she wants to do it. Well, I mean that that's I I think that's certainly the that's the potential dilemma. If if she doesn't become the sorceress, she's going to learn that that's her future. That's I, that I think that's a given. I think that at the end of part one, I think she learns that she's the heir to a, a noble position, defending Grayskull. Yes, but it's also quite a sacrifice. I mean, like sorceress. I mean, like, sorceress can go anywhere in Eternia she wants, obviously, but she can't leave Grayskull as herself. She can only leave. She can only leave Grayskull as Zoar, the the very colorful falcon and. and but I mean, I, that's not a it's not a great life, I don't think. But 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 maybe a worthy one. So I mean, I think that will be the big dilemma. That's well, well, going to be the dilemma. She would struggle with it as anyone would. Yeah. Well, especially somebody like Tila, more so than maybe anyone else, because Tila's Tila is a person of action, isn't she? Though. Yeah, um, but you know. But but I mean, actually, I can see it from different standpoints because she's also spent all of her time doing all this mercenary work, which she did not find necessarily meaningful. Yeah, she might crave to have the return of a meaning that was honest. Yeah, right? that that's very yeah. true. Great point. And with something that she chooses as opposed to being lied to. Yeah. So that's a possibility too. So th- th- there's different ways that that I think they could go. I totally agree. But what one of the things I'm I'm sort I'm I'm kind of looking forward do if my predictions are right it will be nice to see them that is to say them Hila and adam back to that place where they trust one another yeah. you know, and, and and where they can basically be each other 
be themselves around each other. Now, of course, Tila was always herself, but now Adam can be himself fully around her yeah. in either role, either as a superhuman form of He-Man, which is just himself, obviously, but or as Prince Adam. And, and so, and there's a lot that can be explored with that. Tila will be reconciled with her father. Yeah. Foster father, I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess in some stories, he is her father. Yeah. There have been different versions of that in the Masters of the Universe mythos over the years. But yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's a great deal that they can do. And, and I'm sure that they will. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I, as am I, as am I. Is there anything else you want to say about the show here? Uh, I think that's, so, that's I, so, so audience, here we are. We're, we're, we're at that point where we give the verdict of the show. Jason, uh, since I, I guess I picked this show, I'll let you have the first verdict and I'll close in with the second verdict. Well, um, I would say, and you know, we've kind of, we've kind of baked this in both of us in the previous episodes, but we hated it. We hated it. Yeah, uh, this this is really a fantastic series, and any people having any doubts about it, watching it for whatever reason, uh, should banish those doubts. This is storytelling at its very best. It, uh, it's almost, I think, if this had been done 25, 30 years ago, it would have been done as a as a feature film. It would have been a you know a, a He Man and the Masters of the Universe movie in the theaters. But instead, in this age where where television's kind of come into its own, animated television has also come in into its own. It's been broken up. But really, uh, these five episodes tell a coherent story from start to finish, well-paced with fantastic character development, great, great voice acting, uh, great uh, uh, animation, and told with with, with uh, incredible imagination. I I would highly recommend... I mean, I, I, I thought that I would love this cartoon, but it was even much better than I was expecting. I, I, I would highly recommend this to anybody, not just uh, fans of Masters of the Universe, uh, even people who are not even familiar with Masters of the Universe. This is really fantastic storytelling. Uh, maybe you're a fantasy fan. Maybe you just like good storytelling. You should watch this. I, I, I give this the highest possible recommendation. That's high praise. Uh, Jason's, I guess what I would say, I, I guess if there was a title for that, it would be Exceeds Expectations. Yeah, and, which uh, were high. Yeah, no, uh, which which were high. Um, I, I can't really add, Jason is, uh, so my verdict is this. I can't really add much about the mechanics or uh, the, I can't add to the, the, the praise that Jason's just add. Uh, so I, what I'll do is I'll say that this is thoughtful, mature Masters of the Universe storytelling from start to finish it is great fantasy it is great science it's great space opera it's great fantasy uh storytelling so if you like those things this is a show that you you don't want to miss even if as you said even as jason said even if you're not a he-man fan my my wife for instance is not a he-man fan she thinks the filmation show is garbage and technically she's right (laughs) but she found this to be really compelling this is a non-fan this is a person who didn't grow up with these toys so the writing is good the dialogue is good the animation is good the storytelling is good if you are a fan of the he-man masters of the universe story the eternian storytelling is good so there is no reason to miss this series i don't think and that's my verdict. totally agree jason since i picked this masterpiece i will allow you to try to pick the next show and hopefully it will be also a masterpiece actually i won't allow it but uh, uh because it's just the nature of the show i pick one then jason picks one that's 
just I don't. <laughs> this is just the rules. What are we doing next week? Um, I I um I was wondering if you would be interested because I I because I can uh, if we want to uh, stay with some modern stuff and uh, because it was mentioned in a previous episode, if you would like to do the Black Widow. Holy shit, Black Widow! I thought Jason was going to pick something else. This was a pleasant. This is an amazing surprise. I had. I'm now worried about the predictions I just made for this episode because I had in my mind predicted Jason was going to do pick a different show. Now I now my world is shattered. Black Widow is fine with me. I would love to do Black Widow. And so that's next week. Audience, share us on the social media, the media, the Twitters, the Facebooks, the uh, Instagrams. Probably you can do it there. You can text us directly to your family, to your friends, to your relatives. Uh, Email us at lordmovies39 at gmail.com. If you have any comments, reach out to me on the supper test on Twitter, where I'm at often trying to annoy Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas and other folks as well. Jason, are you watching anything that people should watch right now? No, not really. Uh, I spent some time revisiting Christopher Nolan's Batman series, but uh, uh, nothing current. Gotcha, gotcha. Did I have I watched anything recently? Um, I watched a really terrible movie about vampires starring Lucy Liu called Rise, which was about vampires. I sort of enjoyed it, but I kind of like Lucy Liu uh, as an actress. It also has the guy from the Commission who also played the Thing in the terrible Fantastic Four movies. Folks, I can't recommend that in good conscience, but I did watch it, and that's, uh, I guess that's news <laughs> from the front desk of Max. That's all I got. All right, guys, night. Uh, what I thought you were going to pick was Bad News Bears. Anyway, I'll cut all this out. And uh, um, I've read and I've read Dune four times. I've read Dune three times. I never did see Sleepy Hollow, no. Because you and I are connoisseurs of, of horror films. Conspicuously disappointed connoisseurs most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't go into it skeptical at all, but I certainly walked out that way. Anya went and saw the film, and she said Shang Chi might be her favorite Marvel movie now. Well, I will tell you that uh, before we start here, that the uh, Doctor Strange episode of What If is my favorite. You walked up to the counter and you're like, "I'd like a small Coke." And before you invite me to have an extra large, I just want the small. <laughs> and the person. <laughs> It was so brilliant in its assholery that it, it went immediately into my my databanks. I feel so much better when I do something bad. <laughs> I never, ever do anything for goodness sake. <laughs>